person. It's time to bless our God. We want to bless him. We want to worship him. And we want to worship him passionately. I was thinking when even before I got up this morning, no, not when I got up this morning, that we are going to praise him in the storm. And that is literally and that is figuratively. As I was doing my normal prayer walk around, the, it's like I thought about every individual here and how many of us are in trials, came out of trials, going through trials, coming out of one trial, going into another trial. But in the midst of it, we still have a gratitude toward our God. And the blessing is that through the trial, you got better, not bitter. Think about it. You got better and you got not bitter. You got grateful in the midst of the trial. And that's a sign of God's work in our hearts so that we can see with the right perspective. And you know that I have a really dear, close friend of my heart who is in a dire health situation. And my emotions have gone up, they've gone down, they've gone up, they've gone down, and it's the reality of dealing with the struggles of being in a fallen world. But thank God, thank God that he's with me, right? Thank God that he is an anchor for the soul in the midst of the trials and tribulations. So it's not that we don't go through and that we don't feel things, it's we don't stay stuck. And it doesn't mean that we don't go through the ebbs and flows of emotional highs and lows, but we know where our hope lies. We know where to escape to when our, when our emotions are all over the place and our care, we're overwhelmed by the cares of life. We can cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. And that is a blessing. He didn't say, he said, in this life, you will have trials. You will have tribulations. You will have difficulties. You will have stresses. You will have sorrow. You will have all those things that come with being in a fallen world. But he said, but lo, I will be with you even until the end. And so we thank God for God. How about that? We thank God for God. Thank God for God in us, right? Thank God for God with us, but thank for God for in us, being in us no closer place. So there's nowhere you can go that he is not. And more than likely, he's not only there, but he's with you and he's, he's going to take you to where you need to be. And so not more than likely, he will because he's faithful. And so we all have testimonies of his faithfulness of bringing us to this point. So wherever that point is that he's taking us to, he's going to faithfully take us to that point because he is faithful. So with that said, I don't have to tell y'all what we need to do. We're going to bless our God. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because you are a faithful God, Lord. You don't just want the title. You don't just wear the title. You just are. You are faithful in everything you say, think, and do, Lord God. And we bless you, Lord, for an opportunity to know the one true and living God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faithful to us when we've been unfaithful. Faithful to us when we've been inconsistent. Faithful to us even when we were enemies with you. Because of your love, your love for us, Lord God, you drew us in by your love. Hallelujah. By your spirit, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You reckoned us, you quickened us and made us alive in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now we have the opportunity, the privilege to come boldly before the throne room of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. That's a privilege that this world does not have 
any idea about. That's a privilege that this world does not know anything about. And so that's why we, your ambassadors, are going to proclaim that gospel to anyone who would hear, knowing that they can have the same privilege in Christ Jesus. So, Lord God, we bless you, Lord God, for this time to come into the corporate assembly, to forsake not the assembling of ourselves, to be in the body of other like-minded believers. And you said wherever two or more are gathered in your name, there you be in the midst. So we bless you, Lord God, hallelujah, that in our praise, in our worship, in our adoration, you are here. You are here in a more personal, intimate way than when we are individually because it's your desire that you, we come together and be one, even as you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So we bless you for right perspective. We thank you for a heart to praise you even in our pain. We bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Only you can give us a heart to bless you in our pain. We thank you for right perspective. Thank you for illumining our understanding. Thank you, Lord God, for giving us a time of rejoicing in our sorrow. Lord, that only you can do that because you're the same God that created in all things and spoke all things that weren't and they became, and now you're making all things new. Hallelujah, and you're doing a work in us and you're making our minds new. And we're gonna be part of the new creation, the new order when it comes to be. But in the meantime and in between time, while we're still in this fallen order, we're gonna bless you, we're gonna worship you, we're gonna adore you, said let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So all the blood bought, paid for saints of God, the royal priests. Lord God, we want to bless you. We want to honor you. We want to magnify and extol you because you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. The great and magnificent I am that I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the faithful Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah, 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 the faithful Jehovah Rapha. Lord God, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jehovah Sitkanu, God, my righteousness. We thank you we don't have to stand in our own righteousness because our righteousness is but filthy rags. But now we can stand in the righteousness that comes by faith in Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, you're just good. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, where there is no changing, no variableness. We bless you because you're stable and secure in a time of much instability and much insecurity. We appreciate you. Let this time be fruitful. Let it be a sweet savor into your nostrils. Let everyone be humble and used by you. Lord God, let everyone that comes in the ear uh, range of, of, of what's being said, let us all have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And then, Lord, let us just have a heart of rejoicing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And we bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Bless your name, Jesus. Worthy of all praise, adoration, glory, and honor. Hallelujah. We love and appreciate you. We love and appreciate you. And we thank you for this time. And we thank you for each other. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, we're going to be reading together from the Psalms, uh, chapter 34, verse 1 through 19. Let's read together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all of my fears. Oh, come on now. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the, <laughs> the righteous cry. And the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Yes, he is. And save as such as a be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Yes, he does. He is faithful. He is worthy. Come on, y'all. We're going to bless him in song. He is worthy. Let's worship and adore our God. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This beautiful, raining Sunday afternoon. Hallelujah. We want to praise his name today. For he is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Come on and stand with me. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy You alone are worthy. You alone 
deserve our praise. We love you, Lord. We adore you. You're everything. You're everything that we need. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name.
your name, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We bless you, Lord. And we do want you to speak, Lord. Hallelujah. We trust you to speak, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We trust you to speak a word that will meet the need, Lord. Hallelujah. If the need is correction, we trust you to speak that word, Lord God. If the need is comfort, we trust you to speak that word, Lord. Whatever the need is, Lord, we know you to be Jehovah Jireh, the God who supplies. Hallelujah. And we know you the one you made us a promise, and you cannot lie that you will supply all our need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so we just bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah for the furtherance of this time. Hallelujah. We thank you for like-minded people. We thank you, Lord God, for being on one accord. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord God, for using your, your set man, Lord God, to speak a word, Lord God, and putting, giving us ears to hear what you have us to say as we listen attentively. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. And we trust you to even empower us to live it out, Lord God, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. Bless your name, Jesus. We're going to continue with this furtherance of the service. We can stay in a worship a, uh, attitude of worship and praise because if you feel it the way I feel it, you're grateful, right? Overflowing with gratitude, and that's the best way to listen to the word. And then with that said, um, we are, this is the time where I'm supposed to remind you, if you want to give to the ministry, those in-house or outside of the house, you can find out information if you don't know already how to give on our website, transformingloveCC.org as well as you can find information on there on how to connect with us. We are meeting every Thursday at the 7 o'clock hour to have Bible study via the Zoom, and that information can be found as well on the website. And with that said, we're going to continue and bless God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we needed some rain, and we got a whole lot of it. And I am just overwhelmed this morning with the goodness of God and His timing. God gives to us what we need right when we need it. If hasn't that been your experience of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, our Father who provides for us, and there is never a need that goes unnoticed. Amen. I'm just great. I, yeah, that He deserves the glory and the honor and the praise for His faithfulness. God is faithful. Amen. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning. My iPad is just doing some strange stuff. Okay. All right. There we go. Thank you. Give me my verses. Oh, and then it wants to cut off. Okay. All right. Well, it's a blessing to see all of you today. Amen. I, I'm just amazed at God's keeping power. <laughs> Isn't this almost, it's almost comical. You know, I, I go, I said, wow, Lord, I don't know how you're doing this, but he is doing it. He is faithful to us. He loves this church. It's very, very obvious to me. 
Amen? That he loves the people in this church. He is just so faithful to us. Amen? Every need is met. Every, every need is met. Amen? You know, don't worry about anything. God is still on the throne. God is still yet alive. Jesus is yet alive. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, let's see. Let's go ahead and go before the Lord. I don't want to be before you too long today. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for you being you today. I thank you that your promises never fail. I thank you that your mercy is new every morning. Great, great is your faithfulness, God, towards your people. I thank you for how you are changing us and transforming us and bringing this message of love, Father, to the people who belong to you and hopefully to those who are not yet in the kingdom but soon shall be by faith. I thank you, Father, for everyone attached to this streaming service, everyone attached to this in-person service, and everyone that knows Uh, somebody who knows Christ, Father, I am just thanking you in advance, Father, for the overflow, the people who will come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior so that they will have the joy that we have, God, the joy of knowing you past our circumstances, the joy of knowing you past our hurts, the joy of knowing you past the persecution, Father. You have been with us and you have been faithful, God. I just ask, God, that you move in such a mighty way on the hearts of your people this morning. Bring a smile to our face, Father. Bring truth to our hearts. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Change and conform us unto the very image of Christ, the one that you sent, the one who reflects you perfectly, God. Help us to do the same. For this is your plan, Father that we would be like Jesus. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I am finally getting back into the book of Galatians. Finally, it took me some time uh, through this surgery that I've had and through the setup that we went through as far as Philippians and all the pastors and teachers that were in my stead um, and I don't want it to be, um, I don't want to be remiss and not mention that Tyretha uh, is here with her daughter Tia. And yesterday I was with them uh, uh, at a service for their father, grandfather to some in, in her family. And um, Mike Johnson, a friend of this, this ministry, a friend of our, you know, my dad and everybody. Just, we're continuing to pray for you. Because I know that even though the service is over, the pain is not over. Amen. So we were praying that God would be with you. Amen. Um, but I don't want to tear you too long. Um, I'm going to take my time this morning. And I, I struggled with this because um, this p- portion of Scripture takes a turn in the very end of this passage where I'm in, around the sixth verse. Um, where I have to be very, very careful. And it was hard for me to find, as I was talking to Pastor Rick, a through line. Um, But I'm titling this message, 
because of the turn, because I believe this is where God wants us to go to. Some of this will be reviewed because Paul reiterates certain things and restates certain things that I have taught you in Galatians already. But he's coming to a certain point where we're getting beyond the doctrinal statements into the practice of what he's been preaching. Amen? And the title of this message is Free to Love Like Jesus. Free to Love Like Jesus. Amen? Amen. There's a lot of people who have a standard of love. It is not the highest standard. There's no greater love than this, a man who would lay down his life for his friends. Amen. There's another level of love. Amen. That, that, that we are to, to attain, to reach for, to, uh, to try and, 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 and be imitators of Christ. Amen. And it is my understanding that that is only done by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Galatians, before we get into it, let's just read the verses. Galatians 5, 1 through 6. Amen. The Word of God reads, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become or Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. Amen? Whosoever of you are justified by the law... Ye are fallen from grace. Mm. Yeah, that's heavy. For we through the Spirit, I love this word, underline this, wait <laughs> for the hope of righteousness by faith. Amen. For in Jesus Christ there is neither circumcision, uh, excuse me, for in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Amen? In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Free to love like Jesus. Amen. Go back, if you will, just a minute, just for Briefly for a little bit of review. I'm going to catch you up to what's happening here because I'd like to preach in context. Amen? And we haven't been in Galatians in a minute, so I'm going to just kind of refresh our memories just a little bit from where we came from. Galatians 4, starting at the 28th verse. Can you turn to that? Galatians 4, starting at the 28th verse. I don't know if we have it. Maybe I did. I hope I gave that to you. Anyway, turn into your Bibles uh, and you'll see this. It says, For now we... As now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But as then, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so now, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. Very interesting. 
Hagar is the concubine baby mama, side chick that's not really on the side, that's inside, really weird, of Abraham. Amen? And Hagar and Abraham have a son out of human effort. Abraham and Sarah started to doubt God and the promise that he made to them that they would have a son in their old age and decided to help God's promise come to pass by human performance. Amen? The result was a son that was born not from trusting God in faith, but a son that would not be heir to all of God's promises and have no inheritance in the kingdom. They came up with a plan B because they got tired of waiting on God's plan A. Are you hearing me? All right. So God's instruction to Abraham and Sarah was to cast out Hagar, the slave woman, and the fruit of her womb, which is her son, which represents works to please God and not faith that pleases God. Two different covenants. Amen? Amen. In the last statement in this fourth chapter that we see here, we read is this proclamation in verse 31, where it says, So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Amen? Now, I want you to notice, if you just look in your Bibles, for those of you who are here and those of you who are listening online, notice the pronoun in verse 28 and 31 of chapter 4 is the pronoun we. Amen? Now, flip back over to chapter 5, where we're headed this morning, where we're preaching our main text, chapter 5, and you will notice that in chapter 5, the pronouns are different. The verses... Two and four are you and ye. Amen? And then, if I'm not mistaken, gets into the last verses, or verse uh, five, I believe, he says, and then, you know, we. Amen? So what I want you to see here is I want you to notice that Paul is associating himself with one particular group and not associating himself with another. Amen? The two groups can be in close proximity to each other. They can be in the same area, from the same tribe, from the same group, in the same church. But not from the same source. Amen? Amen. One group has placed their hope and trust in Christ alone to be saved while the other groups thinks that they must do something on top of what Christ has already done to save themselves. Amen? Now, some brief history. Paul is writing to the churches of Galatia, and he's amazed that they are starting to believe that they must come to Christ by first being Jewish or a Jewish proselyte, Uh and naturally circumcise themselves in order to be made right with God. You trust in Jesus, but now you got to do something on top of that. Amen? You remember? 
This would be moving from faith in Christ and what he's done to save the whole world from the wrath of God when he died on the cross to pay for our sins back into the law which says that you must do good things in order to satisfy the debt that you owe to God, which really, because of our sins, requires eternal death. Are you hearing me? Was that clear? Amen. Some professing believers called the Judaizers, were preaching that you must be circumcised in order to complete your salvation. Finish it off for Jesus because he can't do it for you. Amen? Paul's response is that this is just another form of slavery mm, that will work you to death <laughs> and get you no closer to God's acceptance than you were when you first heard about Jesus Christ. <laughs> you, you were Before you heard about him, you were no closer. And now that you're going to work yourself to death to try to please God, you're no closer. It's the same thing. Just a different kind of demonic doctrine. Amen? Just a trick of the enemy, a subtle trick of the enemy that gets you no closer to Jesus Christ at all. Amen? Gets you no closer to acceptance by the Heavenly Father. Amen. So, verse 1. Galatians 5 and 1. All right. Paul says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Notice the word hath. It's past tense. Amen? Hath already made us free. Stand firm, therefore, in the liberty that you have free from all of the ordinances of man and the traditions of man, not the moral law, but all of the holidays and all of the circumcision rites and all of you better do this and you better not celebrate that and you better not celebrate this and you better not do that. All of that, that has nothing to do with God's moral law. He's saying stand fast in the liberty. You have liberty in Christ. Amen. Christ has made us free and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Stand fast in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. Don't go back into a slavery of works. Amen. Don't go back. One commentary says this, and I love this. It says, Christ has set us free from legalistic formulas, from God's judgment upon sin from all man-made rules and forms of subjective experiences of fear and guilt. I think that's key. We are not, I mean, we are rather to live out and practice and rejoice in this freedom, but to turn back to the law and to try to earn what Christ has already given mocks the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? Amen? Notice it says, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen? That means the Gentiles were fresh out of getting out of slavery. What were they doing? Slavery from sin. They just got out of it. Christ set them free. They just got away from orgies. They just got away from sleeping around. They just got away from stealing and lying and murdering and worshiping idols and smoking drugs while you're riding motorcycles. They were just freed from being slaves of the devil 
and his system of deception. Amen? And we're considering this false teaching of works and to earn salvation, which is nothing but a system based on self-righteousness where yourself makes you righteous. Woo! Amen? And that, saints, only leads to feelings of guilt and doubt. Huh? Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you, on you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You're placing your faith. When you place your faith in Christ Jesus, you are yoked in. You are yoked with. <laughs> there we go. That's what I want to say. With Christ who already pleased God and will please God forever. Amen? Amen. When you leave faith in Christ alone for salvation and substitute it for works to appease God to earn salvation, you end up with nothing but guilt. Why? Because there's never been a day, if we're totally honest with ourselves, in your whole entire life when you haven't done something wrong, when you haven't thought something wrong, or missed an opportunity to do something right and end up doing it wrong. Am I honest with you? Are you honest with yourself? If you're being honest, here's the thing. All human effort or performance to please God that is not born out of the Holy Spirit will lead to nothing but guilt because no matter how hard you try, you'll never get it just right. And it has to be just right. Amen? Even your love walk. Amen? So Paul says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath already made us free. You didn't do it. He didn't come down from heaven and ask you to help him do it. He put himself on that cross. Amen? Paid for our sins. He did it just because he loved you, and he did it not because he was ever impressed by you. Amen? We understand this. This is just review. God so loved this world that he gave his absolute best. He gave his only begotten son. And such a gift demands total exclusive business arrangements. Are you hearing me? It's a totally exclusive business arrangement. This sacrifice demands that you place your faith in Jesus Christ and nothing else and no one else. Are you hearing me? Any other arrangement is an absolute insult to God, and that means that there could be no hybrid Christianity. We are not Toyota Priuses here. We don't hug up with gas and electric. You don't do both. Are you hearing me? There is no hybrid Christianity. You're not dependent on you and dependent on Jesus, dependent on you and dependent on Jesus. Are you hearing me? Amen. There's no such thing. Now, remember... As I said before, there was a group that Paul, he distanced himself from, uh, and this is where we see that group. It's the you and ye group versus the we group, okay? Verse 2, behold, that means pay close attention. Don't let this get past you. Don't think that I'm just kidding, <laughs> Paul Paul says, don't take this as some light suggestion here. Amen? Think that I'm very serious about what I'm saying. What he's saying here is, behold, pay attention. Don't let this out of your sight. Hold on to this truth. He says, I, Paul, say unto you that if ye be circumcised, 
In other words, if you go back into the law, good works, to earn salvation, then Christ shall be what? He shall profit you nothing. That's heavy words. That's heavy words, saints. You're taking all of the value out of Jesus. You're making Jesus useless when you go back into the law to try to impress God for your salvation. Maybe if I read a little bit more. Maybe if I don't do this, I know what, I'll pray longer. Maybe if I change my outfit. Now, you may want to do that because you love him so much. You may not want to show up to church and blow everybody away. That would be very loving of you. But if you're doing it because you think that that's going to impress God. Sweetie, that is not the cross. You have no nails in your hand, no piercing in your side. You have not died for anybody. You have not suffered unto death. You have not, you, you're not topping Jesus. Are you hearing me? And when you insist that everybody has to do the same thing as you. When God might be saying, sweetie, that's your problem. <laughs> you're taking it too far. Okay. Making Christ useless. Why? Because when you move from the law, or when you move from grace back to the law, you are stripping Jesus of his ability to do anything. Because you've decided you got it. You know? Like lifeguards. Lifeguards are trained to try to help people who are drowning. Because the person that is drowning needs help. They can't swim. They've gotten, something's going wrong. Whatever happened, they're going under. Amen? The person who is drowning tends to go with their first instinct. What is their first instinct? They panic. Amen? They panic and they try to what? Save themselves. A lifeguard is trained to get the swimmer that is in trouble to trust them. Oh, and not trust themselves. Because you're going to kill both of us. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Huh? Don't try harder to save yourself. Relax. I got you. You're making this much harder than it ever had to be. We were drowning in sin. We couldn't save ourselves. We needed a savior. A lifeguard can't save someone who's trying to save themselves, and no can, nor can Jesus. Wow. Did you realize that? You kill yourself trying to help. Jesus cannot be added to. Are you hearing me, saints? When it comes to salvation, there is no other salvation but Christ. Amen? Verse 3. For I testify again, again, he's really putting it on thick here. To every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. It's all or nothing. You can't mix law and grace. Amen? When it comes to salvation, you either trust in Jesus totally or you're going to have to work totally. 
Are you hearing that? You're going to have to earn it totally by doing the whole entire law? And if you're guilty of one law, you're guilty of all. So that means every last one of us in here and everyone listening on this broadcast, this streaming service, you've already blown it. It's too late. Myself included. The first time you wouldn't share the ball, I'm preschool. All bad. <laughs> Give me the ball. You hear me? Those who assert the obligations of law-keeping and man-made rules for their acceptance with God must keep the whole law. And nobody has ever done that but Jesus Christ. That's why we put all our faith in him for salvation. Are you hearing me? Amen? Amen. All right. Now, we move from the position into the practice. Verse 4. Christ, wow, is become of no effect unto you whosoever of you are justified by the law, ye are fallen from grace. <sighs> whosoever of you are justified by the law, attempting to be made perfect by your own good works, ye are fallen from grace. I needed a little help on this. The power of the Holy Spirit that makes you and whatever you do, pleasing to God. Not just unmerited favor here. This is graceful ability. Okay? There's this double meaning here. And I wanted to check it. I was like, am I right about that? Because the, the, the context doesn't make sense if it means anything else. But watch this. Theologian Duncan says, the moment you begin to dabble in the sphere of legalism, you immediately depart the sphere of grace. Woo! The spiritual results are immediate and damaging. Just try to live life as a graceless Christian. He said, you'll be miserable. What he's saying is, is the moment I slip out of trust in Jesus for whatever I do for Jesus... That's the moment I'm slipping in my power, slipping into my power, and not the available power of the grace of God. There's an ability that people have to walk on tight ropes. You've seen them in the circuses. They don't fall. Thank God. That would be a terrible show. They're graceful, right? You ever seen ballerinas? They jump up, land on their toes. Stick the leg up in the air, smile at you, twirl, and don't fall. Because when they fall, it's like, oh, well, this probably, maybe you should do something else. <laughs> but when you see them do this ability, I'm like, you know, I'm, I look at, so I, I used to be a musician and I did a lot of R&B tours and we had these dancers that were on tours and I would be playing, I'd be watching the guys, they would be moving. I'd be like, I would break my neck trying to do some of that stuff. They just have an ability. Are you hearing me? They're graceful with it. Chuck Swindoll says this. Notice that Paul doesn't say, say in the verse that they had fallen from salvation. He didn't say that. Huh? Are you, are you seeing it? 
He said, fallen from grace. They didn't fall from salvation. He says, when someone chooses the legalistic lifestyle, they have fallen from the lifestyle of grace and all of its powerful benefits. Are you hearing me? So, watch this, people. Let me explain this to you. Christ is of no effect unto you because you've fallen from grace. You've changed the power source. Okay? As a parent, the whole idea as a father is for me to raise my children, you know, correct my children, discipline my children, encourage my children, love on my children to the point to where they become efficient, to the point to where they become self-efficient. You know, they, they, are, they are able to do certain things. If something happens to me or Sonny, I want them to be able to go on and have productive lives. I train them to be, watch this, independent. That's what I do naturally. That's the exact opposite of what you do in the kingdom. We are never at the point to where we are independent from Jesus Christ. That's what you do naturally, but supernaturally, we don't want that to happen. Are you hearing me? Amen? If I have to show up every morning to brush my son or my daughter's teeth before they go to work, they're not dependent, dependable, right? They're not independent, rather, you know? If I had to do that every morning before they go to work, it's like, you can't brush your own teeth. I'm here at 6 o'clock every morning. You're going to drive the people at work, at your work crazy. They're going to be running from you. That's not what we want. But in the kingdom... It's the opposite. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. In the kingdom, it's the opposite. That's not the, Christians never grow out of their dependence on the Holy Spirit and start doing things to prove that they have matured to say that they are right with God. That's not what happens. In the kingdom of God, you don't get up without Jesus. What's happening? The effect of Christ. Look at it. Christ has become of no effect unto you when you go into slipping into living out of the legalistic power of your own self versus the power of the Holy Spirit. What's happening? It's an effect that's on you. It's an effect that's in you. It's an effect that's over you. It's over everything you do. It's kind of like when we go into the studio. If I put on a, 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 a digital delay or a reverb on my voice, we call it plugins nowadays. Back in the day, we used to have these boxes that would have effects. So in other words, when I say something, you would hear something like this. Hi. But once I put the effect on, it's like, hi, 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 hi. Hey, 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 hey. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it's an effect. You remember Whitney when she sang that song? If I should stay. And it's just no music, and her voice is just, you're in the grocery store like, whoa, what is that? It got your attention. Not That's not to say that she didn't have a nice voice. But the truth is, is they put a ton of effects on that. Am I right about that wife? Her voice is swimming in reverb. Swimming in effects. They put something on the voice. Cher revived her career. With this thing called auto-tune. You believe in love. 
And it was like, what is that sound? What is that you doing? What are you doing? Well, here's what it does. The effect takes your pitch and makes sure that it crunches it so much that you cannot miss a note. It makes sure that, you know, as a natural person, as a human per- person, we have a tendency to sing a little bit under, a little bit over. We can go flat. We go, uh, <laughs> It's like, you're not, you're not quite making it. This is a note. This is a note. What note are you on? Where did you go? Let's come back to the song. <laughs> right? We have that. So what they did with Cher, they just turned this thing on. It's called auto-tune. It automatically corrects your pitch. That's the same thing that happens when Jesus has an effect on you and you are flowing out of the power of the Holy Spirit versus your natural ability. You cannot make the same kind of mistakes because he's got you in the auto-boundaries of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? Ah. <sighs> Hallelujah. Can't hit a bad note. Are you seeing me? You see what I'm saying? It makes sure that you don't mess up. That's what the Jesus and the Holy Spirit does for the believer when you are flowing with the Holy Spirit versus in your legalistic tendencies to try to please God in your own way and your self-righteousness, huh? Huh? Christ has an effect on everything we do. If he doesn't, we will end up talking like us, thinking like us, responding like us, acting like us, and that's not the plan. He didn't send Jesus so he could be like you. Are you hearing me? Verse 5. Let's wrap this up. For we, now notice the pronoun. Before it was you and ye. Now notice the pronoun. This is the group that Paul is identifying with. We, the believers who have accessed God's pleasure, God's acceptance by faith in his son, Jesus Christ. We, through the Spirit, wait For the hope of righteousness by faith, not by works. This particular righteousness is the glory that is going to come on the believer when we leave this place and we are glorified. When we have new bodies. Huh? Huh? For even we ourselves, grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to with the redemption of our bodies, are you seeing what I'm saying? The whole creation groaneth and travails and pains together until now. Not only they, but even those of us who have the first fruit of the Spirit, we're waiting for something. I'm waiting for a new body. I'm waiting for a body that can't get sick. I'm waiting for a body that can't think wrong. I'm waiting for a body that cannot sin. I'm waiting by faith. I'm not trying to produce this thing down here on my own outside of the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing a difference? I can't do it. I'm moving along. Ephesians 1.14. I'm going to skip that because I just did that one by memory. Let's go to Ephesians 1.14. Yes. The Spirit 
is God's guarantee <laughs> that he will give us the inheritance. What is that inheritance? The sinless perfection, the perfect body, the perfect mind, the perfect heart, the perfect desires that line up with the Holy Spirit, that line up with God. Are you hearing me? Huh? The ones that, the, the bodies that can't even get sick. Those, those, that, that's what he's doing. He says he's, he's going to give us the inheritance, huh? the perfection that he promised and that he would, has purchased, to, uh, purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would be to the praise of his glory. Huh? You, you see that? So legalism tries to accomplish this in human effort. But the believers are saying, I'm getting better. I'm not there yet. But it's coming. It's coming. I'm going to get what God promised me. One day... <laughs> You won't even be able to recognize me. I'll be so much like Jesus, it won't be funny. Are you hearing me? I'll be just like Jesus. I'll be glorified. Amen? All right. Now, here's where it takes a turn. Verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision. Circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. In Christ Jesus, that stuff doesn't matter. In Christ Jesus, your legal code that you feel makes you, are, you know, makes you right with God doesn't matter. No. 1 Corinthians 7.19 says this. You got it? Yes. Circumcision is nothing. And uncircumcision is nothing. But this is what it is, something. But the keeping of the commandments of God. I'm just going to let the scripture teach us today. 2 Corinthians 5.14. What's going to help us keep the commandments of God? Mm. I love this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5.14. Either way, Christ love controls us. You want to know where that perfect next level love is coming from? It's the love of Christ that is in the believer. Not your ability to keep the law perfectly. The, what's what's going to control you is the love of Christ. Oh my goodness. Let, you know that statement we say, have your way, Lord? <laughs> that's what he's talking about here where I am control I'm under the authority and the control of the love of Christ he controls us since we believe that Christ died for all we also believe that we have all died to our old life he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them so here's what he's saying in a nutshell, Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Here, this part right here. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What's happening? When you see that otherworldly love that is coming from the Holy Spirit, it's not I. It's Christ that lives in me. 
Are you hearing me? Love is a fruit of the Spirit. So even if you have or run across a person who has the ability to be a very loving person, that's not the purest form of love. Amen? Pastor Vic is clapping. Thank you. Somebody's getting it. Amen? That's not the purest form of love that you can have and are, hear this, people, that's not the form of love that you are required by God to have. Amen? Amen. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. The love that's the fruit of you is not good enough. Oh, I hope you're getting this. The love that's acceptable by God is the love of his Son, which comes to us by the Holy Spirit. So we can do loving things, but that doesn't guarantee that we're pleasing God. No. You got to be freed to love. Are you hearing me, saints? Human error by default causes us to miss the mark. Even when we're trying our hardest, it's got to be born of the Holy Ghost, which means I've got to be depending on him all the time. Even when I get a great idea to go serve some food for some homeless or to walk an old lady across the street or to do a good favor for my neighbor. The bottom line is all of that can be done in the flesh and not count for anything. And God can turn his nose up at it. Why? Because if it ain't coming from his spirit, it don't count. Oh, oh, I better get out there and try real hard to love. There are people, as I said yesterday, because I was studying this and so the Family yesterday got caught up in my, in my studies. There are people who naturally have this ability to just be very caring. There are people who are just, you know, they're just not rough around the edges. I'm not one of those people. I borderline on curmudgeon. Believe it or not, that's true. Pastor, you're so nice, though. It's the Holy Spirit. Deep down inside, I'm a musical Grinch. <laughs> That's where I get my edge from. I'm just a little edgy. I was born that way. Some people are just not born that way. I have a friend of mine who's just not that way. I mean, there are people who are naturally loving and caring. There are, you know, there, but here's the thing. This is what I want you to see. The person who struggles to love consistently but is transformed incrementally by the grace of God, proves a, to be a better testimony of the transformation process of God than a person who can do this naturally because they have a naturally caring disposition. I know a guy, and I'm, I've always been jealous of him. You know, he's a great musician. Love these guys. this guy. I mean, he's, just, he's got a heart of gold. You know what I'm saying? He, he can play better than me, and he's nice. Everybody says, oh, here he comes. He's just so nice. That's why God's blessing him. I would be like, man, I can't be nice like that. (laughs) 
I struggle. Some people, you know, you might be like me. Some people, you know, you just walk around with an invisible bat in your pocket. You know? I don't know what's about this guy. Maybe he had a happy childhood. Maybe he was raised around all the nice people, you know. Maybe his grandmother was exceptionally kind, you know. And on one hand, I've had to ask God for help in this area. I don't get along naturally with everybody. God made me somewhat of a fighter. Amen? I was born that way. But I have another power source that I depend on. Are you hearing me? That causes me to love like Jesus. And that love flows out of me and it's getting stronger and stronger every day as I decide that I'm not going to attempt to do this legalistically. I'm just going to trust the power. Amen? And the love is growing and naturally you may not have it. But I want you to know, you have access to something that's supernatural. Amen? That empowers you to be like Jesus. Amen? It's more evidence of saving grace than somebody who comes here just cheesing. Okay? What does this power cause us to do? Give me Matthew 25, 33 and 40. I'm almost done. And Jesus, he shall, that's Christ here, he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of these, uh, the least of these, uh, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So you may be a nice person who naturally does things, naturally does things like this, but nice is not good enough. This has got to come from the Holy Spirit. He's saying, you prove that I'm in you. Amen? Because you're freed to love. I hope this is getting through to you. Legalism is doing things or good things to try to please God. Faith is trusting in the Spirit of Christ who lives in the believer to do the things of God through the believer. Okay? One will cause you, as I said before, work your, to work yourself to death. Amen? The other will cause you to be at rest. Amen? The person that has been graced to be like Jesus has the ability to relax in the fact that they are accepted by God already. And out of that acceptance, the love of Jesus Christ can just flow. 
Amen? So you don't work to please God. You work because God is pleased with you. You hear that? The love you show is the love you've already received. I'm accepted by God. I don't have to do anything to please him. Now, love is not idle. Faith is not idle. The belief of God will cause you to do what Jesus Christ would do. Are you hearing me? Are you seeing that? Jesus calls us to another level of love. A love level that is so much higher than our own standard of love, and it can only be achieved by his spirit and not our good works. So that's my message. Are you freed to love like Jesus? Or is your legalism getting in the way of the flow? Are you tricking yourself into thinking that you're pleasing God? Or are you resting and relaxing in Jesus, who has already pleased God? Are you certain that Jesus loves you? Are you certain that you're accepted by the Father? And if so, then you don't have to put all this pressure on yourself. You just get up and turn on the effect Walk into the effect. It's already there for you. The delay is there for you. <laughs> the reverb, hey, 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 hey. Already there. Just walk in it and watch God change you. Watch God make you who he wants you to be. Amen? I'm done. Amen. Amen. You could share this message. See you next Sunday. God bless you. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you so much for this word. We just ask, Father, that you would cement in our hearts, Father.